Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 143 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and as always, I'm joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. How you doing? I'm doing good. Just, just living life, living the dream. Playing video games still? Yes, I am. I actually played a few video games this week. Good for branching you. Branching out, you know. Good for you. And were any of them RuneScape? No, actually, I gave it up for Lent. <laughs> <laughs> that was like three months ago. Yeah, but, well, uh, it's it's Lent when you make it Lent. If when it comes to RuneScape. Oh, okay. That's how I they do it. I think that's in a, the different Bible, but whatever. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Well, welcome in, everyone. This is Otaku Brothers. Ryan and I tend to talk about RuneScape, video games, movies, <laughs> TV, all kinds of stuff. It's a kind of a free-form show in that sense. But today we have a pretty jam-packed agenda, things to get through, and I'm excited to do it. So to kind of set the stage, we are going to kick things off as we do every single week on a talk about others, talking about our weeks, any relevant life updates we want to bring to the show. And then we got to get to the games that we have been pray- playing, not praying about, playing recently. Yeah. Although, pray for the next Pokemon game, folks. Yeah, I, I pray that maybe in the next three or four generations when we have like 6,000 different Pokemon, that it'll be good. There it is. And then Ryan and I are going to tease the next couple of weeks months if you will of episodes that ryan and i have planned we kind of were tossing a spreadsheet back and forth over the past couple of weeks and i think we have episode through 156 planned which goes into two weeks into january of Mm -hmm. next year yeah so we have lots of fun ideas planned that we're going to kind of go through here uh and around the middle of the show and then to close out the show because we are about halfway through the 2022 year we're going to do a little mid-year check-in if you're new to the show every single year ryan and i do a you know end of year wrap-up where we talk about the the top 10 games of the year that we played yep. and then we also get a lot of less listener involvement with that segment and then we also do our top 10 most anticipated games going into the year and as part of that episode we tend to kind of think about some gaming resolutions gaming goals that we have for the year that we're going into. So we want to revisit some of those goals. And then we also want to talk about, you know, how many games have we beat to this point? How many games are we planning to potentially beat for the remainder of the year? I have a Game Informer 2022 game release calendar up on my computer. So Ryan and I are going to kind of go through the list, talk about what games from our backlog we want to beat, game releases coming up that we want to buy and play, all of that fun stuff. So it's going to be a pretty dang good time. Yeah, it will be. I hope it finds everyone well. Hopefully, you have your feet kicked up. You're playing a nice video game. Maybe you're on a stroll outside because, at least here in the Midwest, it's a beautiful sunny day, mid-70s. You can't beat it, although it's about 95 degrees in this game room. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> sweating already. As it always is. But uh, it's going to be a good time. So, once again, I hope it finds you well. Hopefully, you're playing some good games. But, Ryan, I'll turn it back to you. How's the last couple weeks been going? Pretty good. Um, so if you don't know, I'm a connoisseur of hot sauces. Mm. So a couple weeks ago, I ordered some of the sauces that they have on Hot Ones, which is a show where they inter- – uh, I don't know his name. The Sean. Sean. Interviews celebrities, rappers while they eat hot wings. Mm-hmm. 
um, and they slowly progress in heat all the way to the end where you get the final really hot uh, sauces. So I, I got some pretty hot hot sauces yesterday, got to try them all. Um, my tongue is still numb from cool. yesterday, but it, they're fantastic. My favorite one, it's not the hottest one I have, it's called Reaper Racha. Right. And it's got some really good flavor to it, so definitely check it out. Price wise, how much does those does that did that run you, and how many did you get in the pack? Uh, so there's three packs, or you can do it individually. So if you get them in the pack, I think they're like fifteen each. Fifteen for the pack. Fifteen dollars per bottle. Oh, okay. okay. So they're they're expensive, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a rare pepper. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the Reaper Racha, it's actually a chocolate Reaper. What? Uh, I think it's based off of coloring is why they call oh, it chocolate. So okay. it's like a darker pepper. So you're just like pouring like Hershey chocolate. I was on... confused too because when I think of chocolate, I don't think of peppers. No. Um, but yeah, it's got like a really salsa you taste. Uh, Scoville wise, I th- Reapers are between like 1.6 and like 2.2 million Scoville. So it's got some heat to it. But definitely not unbearable. Mm-hmm. Still some good flavor. Now, do you at least have like a glass of milk candy when you're eating these things? I didn't yesterday. I just kind of wanted to savor it. And what do you pour, pour it on? Like what kind of meats are we looking at? I made a quesadilla with it yesterday. Oh, okay. That's good. Um, so just, uh, yeah. So chicken, cheese, and then some really hot, hot sauce. You, know, you can probably some get some um, like economy size chicken wing bags from like Costco or even Walmart for that matter. Yeah, I, I bought some. The wings that you can get at, I think, Giant Eagle, they turn out really tiny. Because mm. I tried to air fry with the air fryer that I have, and I nearly burned down my apartment. Yeah, you got to be careful with those. Yeah, they heat up to like 400 degrees in like three minutes. Seconds. Yeah, and then it just spits basically fire out the back. <laughs> I was like, I had my alarms going for the entire complex. I was like, all right, maybe we should unplug that guy. Yeah. Uh, but definitely check them out. It's at Puckerbutt. Uh, pepper company is the name of where you can order those be careful putting that into your google search friends yeah i accidentally googled pucker butt pepper company on my work computer but yeah not terrible Uh, so really good and then yesterday actually i came home from work and the dog ran like escaped which was terrifying what how uh, she just ran out of my apartment. So, oh, so I thought like she like found a way to get out of the window. She jumped out the window on the second floor. Just I saw her on no. Uh, I think she was scared because she knocked over my trash can. I didn't put it away in like the bathroom yesterday, so she knocked it over. So she thinks she's like in trouble, in a lot of trouble. And I opened the door and I had like my gym bag with me and my backpack, and she just got out. I'm like, oh crap. She had her collar on, which is good, so I could find her, but. She is fast. How long did it take you to get her? I ended up running down the stairs and like yelling her name kind of forcefully. And she kind of like went down a little bit. And luckily, she's really intrigued by my car. So I actually, uh, I guess, unlocked it. So it was right next to her and then opened up my back door, which she's so used to going into for going to the parents. Mm -hmm. So she ended up just jumping into the back seat and I was able to grab her. But that's good. Still terrifying. I think it's the second or third time she's ever gotten out. Mm. Yeah, that's freaky, especially because where you're at, there's a lot of busy streets that she can run into. That main road, they're going, they're flying down there. (sighs) That just brings back horrible memories. So about, gosh, at this point, it was... When I was about 10 years old, it's like 20 years ago, which is fucking weird to say. Yeah. 
That's weird to I, say. Yeah. Anyway, so about 20... I remember back in my day, 20 years when ago. When I was 10. Um, but yeah, 20 years ago, my mom was dating this guy and uh, loved him. He was just... He was just a kid at heart, mm-hmm. and we played PlayStation 2, PlayStation 1 all the time together. But he had this French Bull Mastiff named Sydney that I just oh. absolutely adored. And she a big dog. She was like 130 pounds, 140 yeah. pounds. Huge dog. Um, but I was a tiny kid, so I could literally ride her like a horse, you know, <laughs> around the house and everything like They're that. strong. But I remember one night we were making dinner or something like that, and I don't remember what happened if someone like opened up the screen door and let Sydney out or something like that, but it became quickly apparent that we didn't know where Sydney was. Mm -hmm. And so then we were kind of going outside trying to find where she was. We couldn't find her. So then it was like, all right, I got in the car with my sister and Chris, my mom's boyfriend. We were like, we're going to start driving around. My mom, you stay at the house in case she gets scared and comes back to the house or type of thing. So my mom's house was... How do I as right as you kind of come into a neighborhood, hers was the first one there on the right. Okay. And there was a street parallel to my mom's house to the left of it. So and the speed limit there's about forty five miles per hour. Yeah. So I mean, literally a stone's throw from the house is a very, very busy street. So that was kind of our fear that she might go out into that busy street. Yeah. So anyways, we're driving around, we're driving around, and Chris gets a call from my mom. And you could tell Chris was pretty freaked out by what my mom was saying. I couldn't hear what was going on. So he's like, all right, we're on our way. So he busts butt to get home. What ended up happening is my mom was outside on the porch just looking to try and find Sydney. And then Sydney had somehow gotten across the street, across the busy road. Yeah. And then she started walking towards my mom. And my mom just screamed, Sydney. And like a deer in headlights, Sydney looked at my mom and just stopped and a car going 45 miles per hour hit Sydney. Sydney skid like 40 feet across the road and the car just kept going oh, and didn't stop. And so fortunately, my mom ran over, stopped all the traffic, was able to get Sydney up. Sydney like limped off the road, came into the house and we weren't able to take her like med vet at the time. I don't really remember what reason I was and I was 10 years old, but I just remember crying and freaking out. Is Sydney going to be okay? Is Sydney going to be okay? And you know, my mom and Chris just trying to reassure me, but everyone was crying because we didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, and, I'm sure um, like internal bleeding and everything. Yeah, everything happened so fast. So fortunately, thank God that I think she cracked a couple of ribs and there was some other internal damage, but nothing lethal. You know, like yeah. she didn't end up dying um, because of the injuries that she had. Um, it's probably because of her of size. Like I'm yeah. sure a smaller dog would have been. gone. Scooby yeah. gone. No way he survives a 45 mile per hour car. Yeah. Granted, he was a sedan, but still, um, and shame on whoever just hit the dog and just kept yeah. going. Like, whether it's a deer, whether, I mean, again, you hit a you small- hit a deer, your car's taken out. Yeah, but I mean, you hit a small road, you move on, right? It's yeah. a squirrel, but like a dog, so- Especially if people are screaming, like- Yeah, yeah, yeah. so that was a um, pretty traumatic experience, but let's talk about L- video games. Luckily, that didn't happen to me. My dog's cool. Yeah, She's back. That's so. good to hear. That's good to hear. Um, yeah, what about you? What about your week? Nothing really is going on. Uh, more of the same of the past couple of months. We still, if people can believe it, and for any long-time listeners, I won't go into the details, but we have still not gotten our roof replaced or our siding replaced. So, quick story. Back in, well, it's still July. The weekend before the 4th of July, our insurance adjuster 
came to the house. This is just after we had removed the six raccoons that were wandering our ceiling for the past three months. We got all of them removed, and he was there to basically assess the damage to write up an estimate for the quote. Yeah. So this included both the raccoon damage, but also the damage to the internal to our home as a result of the hole that the raccoons created, all the water that was coming through that hole, down our walls, through our drywall, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So he comes, he does his work, he, you know, he kind of writes out a rough estimate and he says, okay, I'll get back to you guys Tuesday or Wednesday at the latest of next week. So that would have been like July 5th or 6th. Yeah. Right. Guess who we haven't heard from in three and a half weeks? Probably that guy. That guy. Yeah. So Lauren and I, well, and I said we haven't heard from him. Not that we haven't tried to get a hold of him. We sent yeah. him an email about two weeks ago asking where it was. Didn't reply. So, of course, we had to copy his boss this past week and lit him up and said, listen, if we don't have these details by Monday, we're calling you like every, you know, 30 minutes. Yeah. Like, you know, your sister, right? I do. And yes. when it comes She's- to like negotiations, contracts, things that pertain to her intense. job, she can be pretty intense. And so she wrote a pretty harsh email that I kind of had to soften, but still be direct. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, and we are hopefully going to get all of the details that we need to move forward with all of this work to be done in our home by end of day Monday. So, okay. Yeah. Um, if not copy the CEO. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'll talk to you guys on like episode 222. Yeah. Uh, where we'll finally have a new roof. over. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But, uh, but that's really it that's been going on. It's just the continued frustrations of that. And, uh, Going golfing tomorrow, which is exciting. Nice. Haven't been golfing in like three or four years. Yeah, and I'll be playing tennis. Good for you. Good for you. But yeah, that's about it. That's the weeks. Keep your pets safe, my friends. My <laughs> goodness. Keep them inside. Dogs, cats, gerbils. Lizards. Lizards. Snakes, if you got them. All of them, you know. <laughs> Raccoons. <laughs> keep them outside. <laughs> keep them outside for sure. But Ryan, what I want to get into before we get into the games that we're playing these past two weeks is I want to talk to the listeners about some Otaku Brothers episode hype. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. And my mouse, for whatever reason, if it goes like static for too long, I have to like turn it on, turn it back on. But we're back. So you and I were kind of going back and forth about some of the stuff that we wanted to do over the next few weeks. And we kind of landed on some fun ideas. I'm not going to talk about every episode we have planned through January, but I'll hit some of the highlights. Okay. And before I even get into the highlights, one of the things I wanted to bring up is for those that have been longtime listeners and might remember when Ryan and I recorded episode 100 or leading up to episode 100, we were kind of teasing this highlight reel that was going to be highlighting some of the more notable, funnier moments from the first 99 episodes of the podcast. And I thought, you know, life happens. We never know how long we're going to be doing Otaku Brothers. Mm -hmm. We have no plans to end it anytime soon. But again, things happen. So we thought, let's not lose out on the opportunity or miss out on the opportunity of doing another highlight reel. So we're kind of shifting to an every 50 episodes we're going to have a new highlight reel. Yeah. And just for editing purposes, it's it's a lot easier to pare down. Oh, for sure. Because as much fun as I had editing the, you know, episode 100 highlight reel, it was a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of work to put together because I also have to figure out, like, how do I clip together something that doesn't transition well? Yeah, it kind of flows. So that'll be something to look forward to for episode 150. 
again, I can't believe we've been doing this show for four and a half years. We've reached episode 150 almost, but we're almost there. So if we remain consistent with the every other week recording schedule, that episode will go out around well the end of October, so the 29th that Saturday. So we'll probably have more marketing and hype before we get to that episode because I love to do like listener questions and just get feedback from the listeners, um, things they like, things they don't like, favorite moments, just kind of have a blowout episode celebrating the show's run up to that point, including that highlight reel. So something to look forward to. And then thinking about the next couple of weeks, next week, Ryan and I are going to record an episode and then we're also going to record an episode the following week just because I'm going to be going on vacation mid-August mm-hmm. and I want the Uptalk Brothers listeners to still have episodes in their queue when I'm For on sure. a vacation. So next week, we're going to do an episode that I think should be interesting because recently there's been conversations around what constitutes an actual video game remake versus kind of a half-assed, half-baked, done job. I'm, of course, more referring to the Last of Us Part 1 remake that... You know, coming away from Summer Games Fest, there was a lot of sort of, I think there was hype surrounding it to a certain extent. A lot of people were also questioning whether or not we needed a remake for The Last of Us Part 1, including myself, because we already got a remaster for PS4. Um, But I think more than anything, this is less a game for people like you and me and more for folks that are watching the HBO show that want a fresh, polished way to play and experience that story in video game form. But All that aside, it sounds like, again, I haven't played the game. I haven't seen, you know, the 10 hours of gameplay, but rumor on the street is that the gameplay is pretty much the same, a little untouched from the PS3, PS4 remaster game, has not been upgraded to the Last of Us Part 2 gameplay, and they've really just kind of polished up the graphics. So people are questioning, even before that news, is it really appropriate to be charging $70 for this experience. Yeah, so just a patch or like a $20, $30 game. Yeah, so Ryan and I want to do an episode talking about remakes and remasters. What do we like to see with remakes and remasters? What are some great examples of remakes and remasters over the past couple of years? Because we know that I would say the past two generations of consoles, there's been no shortage of remakes and remasters, just like in Hollywood, there's no shortage of either MCU films oh, or remakes of movies that came out. <laughs> yeah, you know. it's been a while since they've had a new idea. Yeah, exactly. So we want to talk about that. But what I really want to focus the conversation around is what games do we think could benefit from a remaster from the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, I guess Wii U-ish era? And then in addition to that, what games from the PS3, Xbox 360, Wii era and before could really benefit from a remake, in our opinion. Yeah. So we're going to come to the table with, you know, three to six ideas a piece uh, on both sides of the coin, both remakes and remasters. Talk through that. And I'd love, if you're listening to this show and you have some ideas of games, and I'll probably post in the Discord as well to remind folks that you think would benefit from a remake or a remaster, write, a, write an episode or write a little note to us. Yeah. You know, you can write a note to either otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com or just get in that Discord, click that link in the show notes if you're not there, and let us know, and we'll read it on the show. But I will provide some reminders prior to that recording. And then in addition to that, Ryan, just before I go on a vacation, I'm going to be going to St. John, which is an island. Yes. So I figured we got to revisit that Destiny Island 
challenge yes. segment. In case you get stranded and you got to Exactly, games. exactly. Yeah. So what better console to have when you're stranded on an island than the original Game Boy? So Ryan and I, in a couple of weeks, are going to be doing the Destiny Island Challenge. And to kind of bring folks up to speed, if either you forgot what that segment is or you're a new listener and don't know what it is, the Destiny Island Challenge segment, kind of a callback to Kingdom Hearts 1, where you first start on that island with you know Sora, Kyrie, and Riku. Ryan and I kind of framed it up that you know if you were stranded on an island and you take one particular console, what are the five games that you wish you were able to play on that island for the rest of your life? Yeah, and it's it's a great segment for diving into a lot of the games that we never had the opportunity to play. Yeah, kind of looking at the entire catalog of stuff. And I think one of the first times we ever did the segment was for the Sega Genesis. Yeah, a console you and I did not grow up with, mm-hmm. so it was a lot of fun researching, exploring that library, watching gameplay, and getting some good ideas for games that I legitimately still want to play to this day. Yeah, making sure you have all the genres covered. Yeah, RPGs, sports, all that. Yeah, it's for sure. Good time. So we're going to do that with the original Game Boy in a couple of weeks. And in addition to picking those five games, Ryan and I are going to run you through the history of the system leading up to launch, sales numbers, all kinds of fun facts. It's just a blowout retrospective of a console of our choice. I'm keeping a running running tally of spreadsheet of all the handheld systems that we plan to do, all of the home consoles that we plan to do, and I don't know if folks listening to this show maybe accidentally clicked on the podcast and haven't played video games before, but there are a crap ton of consoles, both home and handheld, to get through. So we have no shortage of ideas in the pipeline for that. But I thought the Game Boy would be fun because we haven't done a handheld console to date. And to the best of our ability, I'd like to, you know, when it comes to PlayStation, like we're not going to start with PlayStation 4. We're going to start with PS1 and then go through, you know, the history of it, right? And similar to, I didn't want to start with the Game Boy Advance. I wanted to start with OG Game Boy, and then eventually we can do the Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, and then DS, 3DS, all that fun stuff. So that'll be fun. And another call out to the listeners, because I love hearing other people's top five lists for the Game Boy. And again, keeping in mind, this really isn't building out your top five games for the Game Boy. It's... If you were on an island, as Ryan was saying, you kind of want to have a mix of genres. Yeah. You know? Some that you can complete for story and then some that will last forever. Yeah. And maybe some nostalgic picks kind of baked in there as well. So that'll be fun. And then the next couple of episodes, I'll kind of hit a couple here. We, of course, have God of War Ragnarok coming in early November. So we got to do kind of a blowout impressions episode. Mm -hmm. We'll probably do a spoiler cast for that. Another thing is... You and Lauren played an indie game earlier this year. Yeah, we did. And Lauren has yet to finish it. I know. She needs to polish up. <laughs> well, I was thinking, because you guys will be on a plane getting down to the island. So I figure she has at least the two and a half hours left that she has to beat mm-hmm. on that plane trip. So Yeah, so we want to get another sibling episode back out there with you two coming to the table, talking about sibling stuff, whatever that ends up coming out to <laughs> uh, or amounting to, and then reviewing that game. Yeah. So, um what else do we got here? The 150th Otaku Brothers special. Um, outside of that, maybe we'll keep the other ideas for a secret. We're not going to tease too much right now. Okay. But that's kind of what appetizer. We, yeah. That's what you kind of got coming down the pipeline in the next couple of weeks. A remake remaster discussion, a Game Boy retrospective, and then you have that 150 episode Otaku Brothers special 
to look forward to with that highlight reel. So I'll be posting in the Discord, of course, leading up to those episodes because I'd love to get a lot of listener involvement with both of them. Yeah, for so, sure. Good stuff, Ryan. Well, I want to hear the games that you've been playing recently. All right. I've actually played quite a few. Um, so since we upgraded our PlayStation Plus to the premium or whatnot, we got a kind of a backlog of games to play. Uh, so I, I dabbled in a few of those. I ended up downloading Toy Story 2. Oh, heck yeah. Which always looked fun. There was this kid named Grant who would play it on his PC. Kirkhope? Uh, his next door neighbor, Grant. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, he was always like, he was fighting Zerg in the backyard. I'm like, that looks awesome. It's It wasn't like any game I'd played previously. Um, so playing it now didn't age well. <laughs> <laughs> the camera is so finicky. Like it's... It, I feel like I'm slowly pushing like a 500 pound door to turn this camera. Mm -hmm. Like in normal games, like my other one, Oblivion, that I played, you can turn the camera just by moving your joystick. But I feel like I have to ram my joystick to one side to slowly pan. Novel concept, camera analog control. Yeah. Maybe that was the next generation of games or Toy Story 3. Mm -hmm. But didn't age well. I got through maybe a level and then I just, I couldn't do the platforming. And uh, I rage quit. Okay. Um, so Zerg won the day in that game. Uh, ended up downloading Oblivion. That theme song still hits tremendously hard. Mm -hmm. So good. Um, I love the pan in over the kind of the main city. Tamriel. Tamriel. And then you just go in through your jail to start out. What does he say in the beginning? Um in the year Akatosh, 443. <laughs> and then he talks about like the final moments of my life. And then, dun 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 You should play that as This is only the second time Ryan's played Oblivion. Yeah, I've, I've never touched Oblivion. Um, experience for the first time. And then one thing that's great, which they actually left in. So it's like just a raw port of the game. Is they left in duping. So pretty much immediately, so you you come out of the jail, out of the sewers, and then you're kind of right next to the market district. Um, within the tutorial, you actually get a few scrolls. So instead of knowing the magic and using the actual mana, you can use a scroll, and then that scroll allows you to use a spell. If you keep those and go into one of the places that sells a scroll, all you need is two of one scroll and one of another, and then you can start duping. What does that mean? Um, so you double click on the scroll that you have two of, and then you drop the item that you want to dupe and it creates two of them. But what you do is you start duping scrolls and then you have like 10 scrolls of one, and then you can make 10 items that you drop. So uh, you immediately, you get something that's valuable, say a necklace, you dupe 10 of those, sell them to the vendor and the vendor has like a max that he's willing to buy for. But he has unlimited gold in this one, unlike Skyrim. I was about to say, because Skyrim, that's not the case. Yeah, Skyrim, he's like, hey, I have 1,200, and then it slowly builds down. Oblivion, you find one guy who has 1,000 gold, um, and you can actually increase it through speech or bribing him, but he has 1,000 gold, and you just sell each necklace for 1,000. So the overall benefit is now you just have max money for the yeah, rest of the game. Yeah, you have a ton of money. Um, I ended up buying like a $5,000 staff that like shoots every element at someone like you can become really overpowered really quick the thing that holds you back is 
um, depending on what main skill you pick, it like all the upgrades in armor is tied to your level. So like I can't immediately get Daedric armor. Mm-hmm. Like I have to wait until I level up. So I was like I was level one with like a hundred thousand gold just running there, just chucking money at people. Um, but a ton of fun. Um, duping is definitely the way to go um, because it is somewhat janky. Not to be confused with doping. Yeah. Tactic, I mean, I'm doping my guy with all the money that I'm mm-hmm. getting, but yeah, so that was a ton of fun, just really nostalgic. Um, didn't put too much time into it, but um, I got distracted by another RPG, as well, I do. Question before you go to the next one. I started Oblivion just because I wanted to see how it, and keep in mind, people, so Ryan's playing this game through the PlayStation Plus service. Through streaming. It's a PS3 game, so he's streaming it. I started Oblivion, and it ran like ass. Mine ran really well. Did it really? Um, Maybe because I'm further from my router. Yeah, mine is right next to my router. Yeah. Um, literally within like a foot of each other. Um, that could be it. I know the when it started raining, it slowed down a lot. Um, when you dupe, depending on what you're duping. I mean, so like lock picks, I made 40 lock picks. Um, and it went down to like one or two frames with that many items on the ground. Now, how much does it hurt your soul that there's not trophy support on PS3 Oblivion? That would be a cool platinum. I'm fine with it. Like, I'm not as obsessed. I There's one platinum that I'm working towards that I'd be far happier. Mm. But if I could, if Skyrim's platinum is any indication how painful Oblivion's platinum would be, I probably wouldn't go for it. Yeah, because you have to do all the like Daedric gods. You have to get all their artifacts. I, that one can potentially glitch, um, so that's rough. Um, you have to do all the side quests. Look at like a hundred or hundred and fifty different things on the map. So like, I can attest it's, a- it's not that bad because I have like twelve hundred gamer score on Oblivion, mm-hmm. and because that includes like some of the DLC, it's basically just doing all the quest lines. Okay. That's, yeah, that's not bad. Beating the main game and maybe a, a few other things, but it's pretty straightforward. So far less like collecting stuff. Oh, dude, because back in the day, I remember reviewing, reviewing my friends' gamer scores, and all of your friends <laughs> had like fifteen hundred in Oblivion, except for me. Yeah, Ben definitely platinumed or probably got full gamer score on that one. He's platinumed Oblivion mm-hmm. and I think all the DLCs, but he's crazy. You mean Skyrim? But yeah, yeah, Skyrim. Yeah, um, but. I got distracted with another RPG, which is my favorite game of all time, which is Monster Hunter World. That one, I want to be my 10th Platinum. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm currently at 8, I believe, so I need to find another Platinum to get before that one. That would be respectable. Um, Spider-Man, maybe, I could you do. Don't, oh, you don't have the Platinum in Spider-Man? I don't, yeah. And you have like three of them, you three could, Platinums. You could just do it in Miles Morales because... I, replaying. I was collecting a few things. I think I have that first level where you have to rhino through stuff. I have to hit a certain thing. Yeah, but Miles Morales should be super quick because once you new game plus it, um, it'll take you two hours or less to play through the main story. Just beeline it. Yeah. And then you just have to 100% the city, which you've probably already done some of that. Yeah, it wouldn't did. take you more than probably five hours. I might need to borrow that from you. Or is it on the PlayStation down? It, it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I might work on that then as my ninth and then 10th game. I want it to be Monster Hunter World. Mm. Um, And I got a trophy. So I have, I think, seven trophies left and then the platinum itself. So the hardest or the longest ones to get are the crowns. And I was crown farming. 
Um, so what crowns are, are there's like a range of sizes for monsters that you fight. Mm-hmm. And there's like a gold crown for like the smallest monster in that spectrum or the largest. Um, and they're generally either like 25% smaller than the average or larger or smaller. And that's just a process. I ended up rage quitting because so there's this monster who is like an electric squirrel. His name is Toby Kadachi. Of course. And to max out, like I have a ton of gold crowns now in the base Monster Hunter world, which is what I'm going for, not the Iceborne stuff. I have a ton of them. And usually to get it, it's about 30 kills of each monster. Toby Kadachi, I think I'm at like 74 kills. And I only have one gold crown. Oh, wow. And it's, I just, you go into the level, you find him, and the quickest way for not like upping your kills or having to do the kills is you go in, if he's super small that you think it could be a crown, kill him. Um, luckily, I'm going in there with Iceborne gear. So just, I can kill these monsters in about a minute, um, opposed to if I were to have done it at the level itself. Um, it probably would have been 10 minute kills so I can kill them really quick. Okay. Um, it's just jumping in and out of quests is takes longer to like load the stuff than yeah. it does to actually do the kills. So it's a grind. Um, so there is some luck involved with this then. Yeah. It's all, yeah, just yeah. random. Okay. Um, and then, so I have those two trophies for largest and smallest. I have three endemic life. So it's like, rare um kind of i have like a few birds around the world that i have to catch and it's like a one percent spawn rate so like the videos that i said it's like hey i ground this uh for two hours to try to just see this bird once and you can screw it up so if like you go in and you don't have a specific cloak on it the bird will just fly away because it sees you and it's like a one percent spawn um I was able to find one of them, which is like a rainbow lizard, just be- on my first try, so I was super lucky. Um, and then I have like a really rare fish. So you have to actually fish it, and you can screw up the inputs. Dude, this sounds like shiny hunting with like an added level of complexity to it. <laughs> the crowns are basically shiny hunting. Oh my um, gosh. So that's five trophies there. The, the three monsters, the two crowns, and then I have one which is basically... You have a notebook that logs, like when you kill a monster, you get more information about it to help you kill it more. So as I get the crowns, I'll end up maxing out each one of those. So that one's just kind of alongside crowns. And then the last one is going to be a pain in the ass. It's doing 50 uh, arena battles. Is that an online thing? Uh, It can be. Um, I'll probably recruit Ben or buy him Chinese and he can help grind it out because I never... It's just not fun. Like they give you a like your character. How Monster Hunter works is your character always has the same stats, like fifty HP, fifty stamina, and the armor and stuff is what levels you up. Mm. So like as you kill monsters, get better armor, that's what levels you up. But you can always go back to like level one base stuff. So you go into this arena and they give you specific gear to fight a monster. Oh, okay. So it's like you're tied into. Like, unlike crowns where I can just destroy these monsters and they don't have a chance to attack me, these guys will be a difficult grind. Now, is this like Rock Band, every song on the set list has to be completed at once, or do you, can you do these incrementally? I th- I can do them incrementally. Like, I can go and pick a quest, like the easiest one, or easiest monster to kill with a specific set of gear, 
and just grind that 50 times. But it's still, if the quest takes fifth, like 10 to 20 minutes based off of my armor, that times 50, it's hours. Yeah. Um, like probably 10 to 20 hours of just grinding the same quest. Um, so that one's going to be probably my last one. If I can get everything else except for that and then get my other platinum, I think I'd be happy. But that'd it, be, uh, and you said like the percentage on that platinum is like 1.2 or something. Yeah, it's like one and a half, one point two. It's really rare. Ultra rare. Yeah. Like Sekiro, I think, is like seven to fifteen. Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty popular. Monster Hunter, I just think the grind is what gets people. Yeah. And I think Iceborne's even worse. Um, but I'd eventually want to get Iceborne as well. Mm-hmm. It's just with that crown farming, it's it's gonna be harder because I can't do ten minute or they're gonna be ten to twenty minute kills. Yeah. E- even in max gear, they might cut it down to maybe five to ten. But Dude, just throw one lost on the side screen. Yeah, I ended up watching a new show. Uh, I started, it's Man in the High Castle. That doesn't sound like lost to me. It's not lost, but I don't have a DVD player in my laptop. So if I'm grinding on the TV, oh. I have no way to play the DVDs, That's unfortunately. It, it's it's hard. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, is I don't think Lost is on any of the streaming services. It is. You is can it? watch it through Amazon Prime. Um except Or sorry. Uh, yeah. I might do that then. There are commercial breaks, but they're very short. Mhm. Yeah, not excessive like Hulu. Man in the High Castle is really good. I've started a few times. I've always gotten a few episodes in. It's a really I mean, the whole premise is the Nazis won World War II by nuking Washington. And now the Axis powers kind of split the globe between the Japanese and the Germans. Uh, So the Germans have the East Coast, the Japanese have the West Coast, and there's just kind of political turmoil. And it's almost kind of getting into, remember Dark, that Mm -hmm. German show? Yeah. yeah. Kind of like that. Really sci-fi-y? It's getting more sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, which I like because just the normal premise would get old. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it would turn into more like a history. You got to introduce aliens at some point. Yeah. You got a time travel or whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, it's really entertaining. I'm about a season, couple episodes in, which is the furthest I've ever made it. And I think there's four seasons on Amazon Prime. Okay. Yeah. My dad finished it. He liked it Did quite it? a bit. Yeah. Nice. He'll probably call me in about 20 minutes to talk about it. Yeah. I was going to say, we he hasn't called yet, but yeah. Good a few. Good what, stuff. what have you played? I've been bouncing between a couple of games the past couple of weeks. I'll save the Assassin's Creed nonsense for, yes, for please later. Do. Uh, but one of the games that people might want to know about is the, I would say, hotly anticipated Annapurna Interactive published Stray. Yeah. This is the game where you play as a little cat. I think Pete was really excited about this when he first saw it. Pete, good friend of the show, Blink, streamed this game. A number of folks were um, excited about this one. And I have to be honest, when I first saw it, it didn't really do much for me. No, not at all. And no, I, I I, didn't know how you'd make a game out of walking around as a cat. Yeah, and I, I didn't really, I wasn't really excited about it. But if you have the PlayStation Plus middle or highest tier you can download it for free playstation 4 playstation 5 i say free relatively speaking here of course but yes you play as this little tabby cat to kind of frame up the scene a little bit for those that you know are unaware of the game didn't see the marketing or haven't seen any trailers i mean you literally play in the third person you play as this little cat in the very beginning of the game you have a couple of cat friends you're kind of wandering around the sewers 
And then without going too into spoilers, you quickly find yourself in, I'll say, another world, if you will. Um, Outside of the world that you're introduced to at the beginning of the game. And you quickly realize that you're kind of in this desolate cyberpunk world where this nasty mutated virus looking thing not too dissimilar from like the last of us parasitic type stuff okay that has taken over the world humanity is gone there are no humans around and there are just these weirdo looking robot humanoids walking around that you can interact with this got far more intense than a cat simulator yeah no i mean i oh, thought crap. you were kind of just walking around meowing jumping on things yeah, catching mice and whatnot doing cat things but no it, it definitely has a bit more of a darker tone to it i'm about seven chapters in i think it's 10 to 12 chapters it's a relatively short game okay. if you're really taking your time i think you can beat it in about four to six hours there is a speed run trophy for beating it in under two so i think you can if you know where you're going, you can beat it in about an hour and a half. Okay. But what I've been most surprised about, really two things that I think are, are, are worth mentioning. The first of which is just the world itself. This, of course, is an indie game published by Annapurna. I think the developers like Blue 12 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd never heard of them before. But the lighting in these environments, and just graphically speaking, is really impressive. Really. And I don't just say that as it's impressive for an indie game. I mean, this just is impressive in general, just the lighting and um, the environments that you're going into. I mean, it, it almost looks like concept art that if you bought a collector's edition and you see concept images over the course of like a little 20 page booklet. Yeah. Those concept images are coming to life in the game in a really special way. Really? So, yeah, that's worth noting for sure. And then it's it's complimented. And I always talk about, you know, the soundtracks and games and how it complements the, the experience that you're going on. But the atmospheric cyberpunk melancholy bizarro almost eerie soundtrack that kind of complements the the little journey that you're going on is fantastic just really really well done and uh, hats off to the developer too because i feel like they literally got a couple of cats in a mocap suit (laughs) to capture the movements of a cat i have I grew up with four cats, so I'm very familiar with the types of things that they do, you know, scratching on carpets, um, stretching, stretching, the yawning, the the licking themselves type of thing. Like all of that is captured brilliantly in this game. It's it's bizarre, but really pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, the game is an open world to to any extent. It is kind of on rails, very linear. Each chapter takes again anywhere from five to to 20 minutes to get through. But what's pretty special is later in the game, which is the second piece that I think is worth mentioning, is just how detailed the world is. Mm -hmm. Detailed the world is. So around chapter four, you get into this place called the slums. And I would say it's as open world as a game, as open world as this game will ever get. And you really get to wander the rooftops and the alleyways and talk to a number of different NPCs. And I feel like there's just a lot of collectibles and hidden things in the game that if you don't go out of your way to explore, find and discover, you really miss out on a lot of what the game, what makes the game so special. Yeah, the atmosphere of it. One of them, again, I'm probably teasing too much, but um, if you're not interested in hearing about the finer details of Stray, you can fast forward. But in chapter four, you start collecting these music sheets. 
And you find this guy, this robot, humanoid, on the side of an alley, and he says, hey, if you find any musical sheets, bring them to me. And so you collect, I don't know, six or eight of them over the course of this level. You bring them back to him, and then he just strums on his little guitar and plays these musical pieces. Oh, that's cool. It's just this really innocent, wholesome little moment that I don't even know if you need to do that to progress the overall story. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot of moments like that, that you really have to go out of your way to find, take your time with and discover when you're wandering through these apartments and, you know, solving these environmental puzzles to progress the story. There's just so much detail in these apartments, like books and posters and notes that you can kind of transcribe and begin to understand. And when you do that, it's it's almost like Dark Souls in that sense where the story's there, but you have to find it. Yeah. So you can kind of begin to unravel what happened to humanity. And the whole idea is you're trying to get back to where you came from. Okay. So the gameplay loop is platforming and puzzles, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. And when I say puzzles, I mean really simple puzzles. Like, okay. Non-frustrating for you. Yeah. Puzzles. If I'm solving these things without even thinking about pulling up a guide, um, that's that's preferred because I feel like it doesn't take you out of the experience at all. Yeah. And they're very conducive to like what a cat would be doing to get to the next place. Okay. Um, so that's really all I'll say. I'll keep it pretty brief because I think it is one of those games that you just want to experience for yourself, especially with how brief the adventure is. I definitely recommend it. I don't know off the top of my head though, how much it costs if you don't download it through the service. I would think like 20 to $30 yeah, right around there. Um, I feel like I could comfortably recommend it for that price too. If for nothing else to continue support, su- continuing to support the projects that Annapurna and the team at blue 12 are going to be doing. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a special little game and it's much more than just a cat simulator. It's good to know. The only thing I think they could have changed or made just a little bit better is in the beginning of the game. Again, you play as this little tabby cat And you have three other cats with you that are of varying breeds and colors. Mm -hmm. I think it would have been neat if, one, you could have chosen which of those four cats you wanted to be to kind of have some personal element to the game and choice. And if if, if not that, then even just like a cat character creation in the beginning. Yeah, like the one in Monster Hunter. You get to design your own cats or your palicos. Yeah. So I think that would have been cool. And then in addition to that... You do find things around the world that you can kind of briefly put on. Some of them actually unlock trophies. But I think it would have been cool if you found like, I don't know, wool or sweaters or little outfits around the world and kind of outfitting your your cat would have just added an, adele- an added element of personality to the game. Yeah. But, but maybe in Stray 2. Okay. Maybe Stray, Stray Returns. Exactly. So yeah, check out Stray. It's It's a good time. Definitely um, a nice little surprise this year for me, anyways. Um, Outside of that, I guess before I get into the Assassin's Creed stuff, I will say that you and I completed Outlast. Yes, we did. And that was was a really good time. A ton of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Freaky as all get out. Yeah, we were definitely screaming a bit. Literally. Yeah. Lauren came out. Are you guys okay? Yeah. (laughs) No, I, I don't do horror well, or I don't play horror well. If someone else is playing, I'm fine to sit in front of like scary movies and things. It's just finding one that's enjoyable and tells a good story. Mm-hmm. And this one, I think, did a good job. Um, you definitely, by the end of the game, see the core loop mm-hmm. for some of the puzzles 
Um, it's like find three levers kind of thing. I think we did three or four times, but yeah, some good, interesting twists and turns throughout the story that we didn't, I didn't see coming. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely excited to play the second one. Absolutely. And what I'll say about Outlast, it's not a game that you want to play like a Silent Hill, I think probably runs anywhere from eight to 12 hours. What I love about horror films is those those films that wrap up in about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. If you can tell a horror story in about an hour and a half, for me, at least on the film medium side of things, that's perfect. And for this type of game, we wrapped it up in just about three hours, which was perfect. Originally, I mean, probably why we stopped was because we thought it was a five-hour game. Mm-hmm. So we thought this would be multiple sittings, but... Being three hours, this could easily be done, and I'm hoping the second one is this way as well. Yeah, is this should be probably experienced in one sitting. Absolutely, and in this the is dark, something... just yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And this is one that I, I almost wish I could have captured our reactions. Like if we did, like did do some kind of side by side co op stream type of thing, because and maybe I'm not ruling out ever returning to streaming because I just feel like these types of things and like when I played Journey, like I'd never not want to have that experience captured so that I could go back and revisit it. Mm-hmm. Like more so for myself, you yeah. know, um, than anything else. But I think experiencing this type of thing with an audience would have been that much more exciting. Yeah, I think so too. But but check out Outlast. I mean, it came out, I mean, at this point, I think nine years ago. Again, if you didn't listen to the last episode, you are a kind of paranormal, supernatural journalist where you go into this asylum The whole shtick of the game is that you're constantly holding up a video camera up to your eye. So you're looking and seeing through the game in the first person through this lens, wandering around this asylum, trying to understand, you know, the patients. There was apparently some testing going on on the patients that went awry and there's there's no doctors left. Just these kind of mutated people that you either run from, you hide from. Or they kill you because you mm-hmm. don't have any weapons in this game. So um, yeah, and it's not like amnesia where, like, as you get frightened or as you get chased, everything blurs. Um, this is pretty. I mean, you run, you have night vision to see through. That's kind of the stick is the night vision portion of your camera. Yeah, and you have a limited number number of batteries that you have to reload into your video camera that continues to the battery depletes um, as you use the night vision. So. You know, that added level of intensity and, and suspense, and it's, it's a really good time. Yeah, it was. It's a really good time. Highly recommend it. You can probably get it for dirt cheap now. It was like five bucks or something. Yeah. On PlayStation, Steam, Xbox, probably not Switch. I don't think it's on there, um, but excellent game. Highly recommend it, especially for the spooky season. And then next little group of games, I'm back on my Assassin's Creed kick, and I, I honestly think it's just a testament to the year the hand that Lauren and I have been dealt this year with all the frustration and stress of the house. I just need to retreat to a cozy gameplay loop that I know what to expect, but I love going into these Assassin's Creed games, these different Assassin's Creed games, seeing how the series has evolved over the years and how they've all the quality of life mechanics that they've built in and built upon over the years, but also just all the locations and the, the history, even if they deviate from the actual factual history yeah did you say you're back did you ever leave your assassin's creed kick this year it's been like back consistent back. Yeah, yeah for sure oh yeah yeah no they i mean besides black flag which we kind of hopped off of pretty quick um yeah they're they're great games they hold up i mean besides the graphics that you were showing me from two uh they hold up pretty well oh and i i have 
no doubt in my mind when I go back to Black Flag, I'm going to fall in love with it. Yeah. Just because I'm 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 Assassin's Creed obsessed right I, now. I can tell. <laughs> We've talked about Assassin's Creed for every podcast this year. I'm sure the listeners know as well. But the one I ended up wrapping up this year, I got the Platinum Trophy, was Assassin's Creed Syndicate. This is set in Industrial Revolution, London, mid to late 1800s. You play as Evie and Jacob Fry. So over the course of the game, you kind of swap between both brother and sister They have their own specific missions that you go on, and all of it kind of culminates into this final person that's trying to really rule London and, you know, force um, children into working in factories. You know, you're really trying to combat that, save the city to a certain extent, and ultimately end up assassinating this person. And the way it all comes together is really pretty cool. I felt like it didn't seem like forced in any way. Uh, The final mission specifically where you're you're kind of forced to go back and forth between the two characters mm-hmm. and then eventually kind of tag team the final boss fight, which is done really well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think this is this is the last Assassin's Creed game that came out before the new era of RPGs and Origins, Odyssey and Valhalla. Fantastic soundtrack composed by Austin Winery, who, of course, did Journey and Abzu and a, a few other games really just makes you feel like you're walking around your Sherlock Holmes in London. Um, I feel like just London in general um, is really well done. You don't have cars, of course, or yeah. anything like that. Horse and buggy. Horse and buggy and all that kind of stuff. So it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And one of the things that I've learned going back to an older Assassin's Creed game, as I'll talk about here quickly uh, or shortly, is traversal in this game is made easier because you have a grappling hook. Mm, So yes, you're parkouring around the environment, you're scaling buildings, but it's made much easier because not only can you grapple hook up to a ledge from the ground, but you can grapple, you can use your grappling hook to hook onto neighboring buildings and just basically Spider-Man your way around London. That's cool. Which never gets old. Yeah. So do you, I mean, having played like both sides of the coin this year for all the Assassin's Creed. Do you prefer the RPG element or do you prefer this type of gameplay better? I think nothing really to me compares to exploring ancient Egypt and origins just because I've always dreamed about an Assassin's Creed game where ever since the first game where there were rumors about Egypt that we'd go to a place like that. Yeah. So that's kind of the anomaly here. I prefer the older games because I feel like the map itself is is not as overwhelming the the number of collectibles is doable and not daunting and the overall story i feel like is told succinctly and in a way where it doesn't feel like it just goes on and on and on in a way that ubisoft games do nowadays that i think kind of forces you into their monetization and um, like level gating kind level of gating and forcing you to kind of go to their ubisoft store and buy things as opposed to those earlier assassin's creed games that i think just told a complete story in 15 to 20 hours okay so it's it is significantly shorter i know you said you downstairs you played like 40 hours but that's for the platinum so the yeah. story is like 15 20 yeah yeah okay in syndicate and is there leveling i can't remember is there like leveling up your knives or anything yeah so in this game and again, it probably varies, obviously, in the RPG games and the earlier Assassin's Creed games. But Syndicate, 
Um, you do level up. You get experience points from completing missions, um, completing side quests, things like that. The level cap is 10, so not very high. Yeah. But as you do level up and accumulate experience points, you do have a three-tier skill tree to unlock skills for both Eevee and Jacob, like, um, you know, specific to your your knives and, you know, when you're wandering around or running in stealth mode, enemies nearby don't hear you as much. Okay. Stuff like that. Um, it's, it's very much like the Assassin's Creed complementary skill set type stuff. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'd probably like that better. It's just, it's hard now for me to play a huge RPG mm -hmm. and like stick with it for 60 hours, but I could do a 20 hour game or 15 hour game pretty easily. Yeah. And the other thing I'll mention too, um, that might frustrate people that are more familiar with those earlier Assassin's Creed games where you're constantly going in and out of the animus and your control of the character outside of the animus is super slow mm -hmm. and just annoying because you don't really care about what's going on outside of the world. You just want to go back to, you know, Rome or Florence or Italy, you know, wherever. Um, you go outside of the quote unquote animus like three or four times in this game. Mm -hmm. And it's just to further the story of the events that are taking place outside of that era. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, besides maybe the main. Like Assassin's Creed 1, 2, Brotherhood, and 3. I could care less of what's happening outside. Yeah, no. And this is very much the same. I don't I don't really bother to care. I, I just don't care about what's going on outside of the actual setting of the game. Yeah, because I mean, even like in Origins, which is the most recent I played, there was like l basically zero detail of like what actually is going on. Because I think they wrapped up the main outside of the animus storyline mm -hmm. in three. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So yeah. highly recommend it. But on that same train of thought, so I was talking to a good buddy of mine who's basically platinums, all the Assassin's Creed games. He's an app Assassin's Creed super fan. And it was really kind of him that kept me going with Valhalla to finish it and get into Odyssey and stuff like that. But I got to talking to him about, you know, really just diving really deep into Assassin's Creed and, He's like, you know, actually, I didn't get the Platinum in Assassin's Creed 2. So we both last night booted up the Ezio trilogy. And uh, I started Assassin's Creed 2. And my word, has that game graphically not aged well? No. Um, no. But I'm looking forward to playing through it again. One of the things that was surprising to me is that Desmond, who's the character outside of the Animus, you play, of, of course, as Ezio in mm -hmm. the game in Assassin's yeah. Creed 2. But Desmond is the character outside of the Animus, voiced by Nolan North. Really? Nathan Drake. Okay. Didn't yeah. expect that. And it just sounds like you close your eyes, it's Nathan Drake. It's Nathan Drake. Yeah. <laughs> He's not like Troy Baker, where I feel like he really tries to change his voice with each character that he plays or portrays. Yeah. Um, but. I think actually Troy Baker played something or voice acted something in Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, did he? Now kind of brings down the show for me. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Nolan North is always cool. Yeah, so um so yeah, I mean I, I legitimately feel like and I'll probably try and keep it brief for the listener's sake. I don't want this to be a runescape thing where I just keep talking about Let's uh, talk about ninety nine capes. Yeah. We haven't heard about them in a while, so yeah. let's get on that kick. Um so I'll probably try and keep it brief for the listener's sake, uh, with my Assassin's Creed talk for the remainder of the year. But that's just the state of mind that I'm in. I need it's kind of a mindless experience to kind of play in the background. And I just love the Assassin's Creed gameplay loop right now. Okay. So do what you got to do. I'm not going to fight it, but 
Ryan, I think that's a wrap on games played, unless I miss anything. Anything else for, for you that you want to talk about? I don't think last week I talked about the new Monster Hunter Sunbreak. You uh, did. I did. You did. Okay, yeah. I haven't played any more of that. Um, still need to dive in, but I got Worlds, the far superior one. Yeah, but. okay. Good stuff. Well, let's get into the main topic of the show. Everyone go refill your beverages. You you know what you got to do during this intermission here. Refill your beverages, go to the bathroom, take a break, whatever you got to do. Ryan and I are about to get into the main topic of the show. Where we're going to talk about just a mid-year check-in. What were our gaming goals coming into 2022? What games were we hoping to play? What games have we actually played? How many games have we beat? You know the whole nine. We're going to get into it right now. Ryan, are you ready? Oh, I'm definitely ready. Let's do it. Ryan, here we are, main topic of the show. We teased it at the top of the episode. We are going to be doing a mid-year check-in, and maybe it'll cause the listeners to kind of do the same. Look at what they've beaten over the course of the year to this point. Think about what they want to buy for the remainder of the year, maybe some games in their backlog they'd really like to polish off before the end of the year, because we've got that end-of-the-year top 10 games discussion Right over the horizon here. Yeah, it's coming up halfway through the year. Man, it'll be December before we know it. It'll be December before we know it. So what I want to do first, before we get into total games beat and all that kind of stuff, I want to revisit the conversation at the beginning of 2022. Maybe not getting into our most anticipated games. We can maybe touch on that. But I want to talk about our gaming goals coming into this year, how we tracking towards those how many hours you've put into RuneScape, even though you swore not to play it this year? I know. I was thinking about, like, that's one of mine. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I mean, I, from what I remember, um, one is I wanted to get, I guess, further away from, like, longer RPGs. I think MMOs was the word Yeah, used. MMOs. Yeah. And uh, I've got 499s this year. <laughs> 500 hours in RuneScape this year? No, 499s. Oh, 499 capes. So you've had 12. Oh, yeah, 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 not 499 hours. No, it's 499 capes. Oh, okay. So 1,200 hours in RuneScape this year already. Yeah, I, I think my character last year was like 1,200 hours total. And it was I 1,400. Think, was it 14? Oh, yeah. It, okay. Well, then it's a little bit more now. I think I probably put another few hundred hours yeah yeah (laughs) i figured i figured as much yeah i mean 499 i basically doubled my number of 99s from last year 
Okay. Um, so not good. Failed that one miserably. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get more into story-based games, more linear, not like 100-hour games. And I think overall, from what I've played, besides maybe Elden Ring, I've been pretty successful at that. What type of story-based games have you played and beaten this year? Um, one which we're going to talk about when Lauren and I have an episode. There's an indie game. Um, I think that was like 10 to 15 hours um, Uncharted, so I went through that one. Oh, yeah. So, did you go through? end up going through Lost Legacy, or did you just play four? I beat four, and then I immediately went to Lost Legacy. And you beat that as well? Yeah. That's right. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, and then I have a few games, like Code Vein. That's an RPG, but it's pretty linear. Yeah. Um, I'm considering that one beat, even though I have like two chapters left, because there's just a boss that doesn't seem fun at all. all. Right. Well, we'll check the metrics at the end of the year, whether or not we're going to conclude that as a beat or not. But yeah, I, I've, I'm on track to have enough to have that fall out of my top 10. Okay. So. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. What, what, what were your goals? So for me, I had three coming into this year. The first of which, because if you look at some of my previous years, like I didn't get a PlayStation 4 until 2018-ish. So I was doing a lot of catch up on the PlayStation side of things the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, you know, I kind of, I would even say revitalize. It birthed my love (laughs) of trophies a couple of years back. And so most of my game playing has been on PlayStation platforms the past couple of years. Really have only done some of the Switch heavy hitters. And even that, I have a lot of work to do. So coming into the year, I wanted to beat a game on five different consoles. Okay. And there's some nuance to that. Like, I couldn't just beat a PS1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 game and call it good. Yeah, like branch out Switch, Xbox, and all that. I'm kind of considering, like, the PlayStation 4 and 5 era, and even maybe 3, like, one console. And okay. if I beat a PS1 or 2 game, I'd include that. Yeah. Um, And I've done three consoles so far. Okay. So, the yeah, N64, sure. I beat Perfect Dark. Okay. Even though I technically beat that as part of the rear replay collection on xbox it's an n64 game i'm considering it an n64 game i beat rise son of rome on the yeah. xbox one and then playstation 5 i beat horizon forbidden west okay and then a nice. number of other playstation games but i for the sake of exclusivity i wanted to consider like those three consoles do you have any switch game plans yeah okay. so like kirby maybe. to kind of polish off that challenge um i'd like to beat golf story Because I'm on the final hours of that game. Uh, For folks that maybe don't remember or didn't listen to the episode, a few months back, Lauren and I went to the Bahamas, and traveling to and back from there, I just played Golf Story nonstop. Absolutely loved that game. If it doesn't make my top 10 for the year, I'd probably, I'd be surprised. It'll be at least an honorable mention because I've just been having such a good time with it, but I'm really bad with playing portable games at home, so I shelved it. Uh, I went back to my console stuff when we got back from vacation. But when we're going to go on vacation here shortly, I'm just going to polish that game off. Okay. And I'm excited to wrap that up. So that'll be my fourth console, the Switch. And then a game on my Steam library that I've been wanting to play for years at this point, but I've never gotten around to, is Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse. A little side-scrolling platformer, originally a Genesis game, remade um i think for ps3 xbox 360 you could download it on the arcade and psn store also of course came to pc but that just looks like a delightful little platformer okay and who doesn't love running around as our pal mickey mouse i don't know so um that'll kind of complete that 
five different console challenge. And there are some other games as we get into, you know, games coming out that we hope to play. I yeah. do want to end up beating Kirby in the Forgotten Land, stuff like that. That will also help me complete that challenge. But to be able to look back and say, these are the five games I beat as part of that challenge. I want it to be those five. Sounds good. Yeah, no, that's a good goal. Um, And then my other two gaming goals, one of them was tackle the handheld backlog. And a lot of a, this goal really had the analog pocket in mind. So mm-hmm. I got the analog pocket yeah. um, from the company analog that allows you to play Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, and then you can get adapters to play stuff like Neo Geo Pocket Color, uh, Atari Lynx, stuff like that. I didn't get any, any of those adapters, but I'm just really bad playing handheld stuff, like terrible. Yeah. And so I didn't, I wasn't able to secure a pre-order for the Analog Pocket dock when I first pre-ordered the system. Mm-hmm. But as part of the second wave of pre-orders, I was able to get the dock. Yeah. And the dock basically allows you to connect an HDMI adapter like to... the Switch dock, basically. Yeah, exactly. And so once I get that, I think I'm part of like the Q4 2022 shipping. Mm. That'll probably be more of like a 2023 goal now. Because you can see right here, yeah. I have all of my... Plenty to play. My Game Boy Color, Advance, original Game Boy carts kind of displayed over there here in the game room. And I'm so excited to pop those in and play them because is it considered a handheld beat even if you played on the tv i do think you, so. do you get the experience i mean it's it's still a game boy game regardless of how you play it yeah you know yeah that's that's fair so um so yeah that that goal i'm kind of just postponing to next year just because i'd much prefer to play those handheld games using the dock mm-hmm. not to say i haven't messed around with the analog pocket and popped in Game Boy games here and there and played them. It's just a terrific little system. Um, But again, my preference would still be playing those games on one of my PC monitors. And then the final goal that I had for the year was find a Series X and play some Xbox catch-up. Definitely check that off. Which I did. Back in the spring, I was able to secure an Xbox Series X on Amazon paid for it with Amazon credit rewards. So I didn't even really pay a dime necessarily. And I enjoyed playing, messing around with some stuff on Game Pass for a couple of months. Literally one of the first games I played was Perfect Dark. One of a, an N64 favorite of mine that I never beat as a kid. Messed around with some rare replay stuff, Banjo-Kazooie. You and I played some Gears of War stuff. Yeah. Um, but in terms of really playing some Xbox catch-up, you know, I'm still waiting for Halo. co-op for Halo Infinite for us to play. That and might be a 2025 goal. I It sounds like they're doing like, I don't know, they're like seasoned some kind of beta for co-op right now. They just sent out like uh, activation codes to people. I don't know, man. But you, how, I, I'm not a developer, but. How fucking hard is it when you have the ability to play multiplayer in all the other ones? I mean, the like number five had multiplayer. It's just online purely. How hard is it to chop the screen in half and just get behind Chief on two portions of the screen? Pretty hard, apparently. Um, so I kind of put my Xbox Series X stuff on pause. I did unsubscribe from Game Pass, but I'm sure when... There's some smattering of games maybe early next year. I know 
coming away from the Xbox Bethesda showcase, there were two, three, two or three games that stood out to me mm-hmm. um, that I was excited to play that are going to be day and date Game Pass titles. So maybe next year I'll get dive a little bit deeper into the Xbox library because I do want to play Forza Horizon 5 and um, I do want to go through the rest of the Gears of War series with you. Yeah. Um, and when Starfield comes out, I do want to be a part of that day one conversation even though it doesn't look like it's a game for me, yeah, I still want to try it out and give it a try. Do you think that'll be Game Pass, or did they say it was going to be Game Pass for Starfield? I think it's a day and date for Starfield, yeah. Okay. And then Redfall, too. Like, I think next spring, summer time frame, when some of those titles start coming out, I'll probably you know, boot the Series X back up, get Game Pass, play it for a couple of months, and then that'll be kind of the thing with my Series X. Then I unsubscribe, and... When, uh, so it's like Netflix, where people binge a show and then get out. Yeah, I mean, can you buy a month at a time? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So, um, and at that point, it's a great value to pay fifteen bucks and play Starfield, Redfall, Forza Horizon, the Gears of War series over the course of two months and get out. Yeah, you save hundreds of dollars at that point. Yeah, you do. So, um, but yeah, I I think I I've made some decent progress on the gaming goal side of things. Definitely some work to still do uh, the remainder of the year. But, Ryan, I'm not sure how you outlined the rest of the year, the types of games that you beat or plan to beat, plan to buy, stuff like that. But maybe let's just check in on your overall beats. How many games have you beat? What type of consoles are you knocking games out on? Where are you at right now? Uh, So I have a mixture. I have five beats so far. Um, and then I have four other games that I've come close to beating or at least have played. Um, so for my beats this year, I have the two Uncharted games, so Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy. I consider RuneScape Capes beats, but Code Vein, I consider that one beat, it, beat and then the indie game. Mm-hmm. Um, so switch i got covered i got the playstations covered with uncharted you got pc covered with runescape and code Vein is uh playstation 4 as well so a good mix mm-hmm. um not having xbox i also played origins a bit maybe 10 to 15 hours until assassin's I got, creed origins yeah, assassin's creed origins until we got level gated mm-hmm. pretty quickly so that kind of deterred me from that i'm not sure if i'll go back to that um, it's just a big commitment to grind out side quests. Uh, Elden Ring. I think I have two or three bosses. I stopped that. I made like three or four characters cause I didn't want to save file re-update to get the platinum. So I have basically three characters, two or three bosses from the, the final boss. Um, so I'll end up probably platinuming that one. If not, of course, finishing it by the end of the year. Um, Monster Hunter Rise, Sunbreak, really when I get done with World, I'll hop onto that one some more. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done only a few quests on that. And then last is Mario Galaxy, oh, which okay. I think it, to beat the game, I only need 16 more stars. Mm-hmm. So right before the final world. Okay, good stuff. So these would... So that's what I've played so far. And then in terms of like your future beats, those are more specific to your backlog stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I have a list of games that I kind of want to polish off. Mm-hmm. Um, I can go through those. No, I'll, I'll kind of go through my stats real okay. quick. So um, to this point, I've beaten 20 games this year, the 20th being Syndicate, which I just beat earlier this week. 
again, very PlayStation ha- heavy to this point, but I did get Perfect Dark, Rise, Son of Rome. I also beat an indie game called A Memoir Blue earlier in the year. Played that uh, via Game Pass. Fun, interesting little indie game, about two or three hours um, that I recommend to people. But um, but yeah, like I said, I mean, over the course of this year, especially between like March and May was just really stressful yeah. with everything going on with their house. So like most of my beats this year are either like Assassin's Creed type type stuff or Perfect Dark. Um, I replayed some 3D platformers just for kind of some cozy comfort food type stuff. Replayed Miles Morales. Um, really just stuff that was kind of just happy comforting i could kind of turn off my brain listen to some podcasts or some twitch streams and then the other highlight or notable kind of big first party title was horizon forbidden west that came out this year that i beat um because i feel like it's been a little quieter this year for these big triple a type experiences you know i think when we look back on the year to this point you had arceus that came out in the very beginning of the year pokemon then Horizon Forbidden West. See, I totally forgot about Horizon just being shat- overshadowed by Elden Ring. So like then, yeah, I mean, later. Elden Ring kind of really took the reins of both the internet, people that were talking about games, like Elden Ring. Like Breath of the Wild, Horizon continues to live in the shadows of some other game that came out near it. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate. moved that date the second Elden Ring came out, or was announced Yeah, be pushed back. But. Yeah, so... Really, the first 20 games that I beat is just a testament to what was going on in my personal life. Um, So I'm hoping that as I kind of have gotten over that hump as we get into the games we hope to play and buy the remainder of the year, I'll get deeper into um, some newer experiences that are kind of outside of that just cozy comfort zone space. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'll quickly go through what I would consider my backlog beats. So you kind of mentioned Kirby, Elden Ring, stuff that you've kind of started but haven't quite finished yet, Mario Galaxy. Um, Some of the ones that I've either started or haven't finished or haven't, you know, I still want to play that I've purchased this year. The first one on my list is Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Yeah. Played the first couple of levels, but I have not had an opportunity to finish that game yet. I know it was part of my gentleman's challenge, but... I probably shouldn't even have signed up for that just because I wasn't really in the headspace to commit to anything other than Assassin's Creed type stuff at this time. Um, But I do really want to finish that game because I know it's just a giant Tyson punch to the face of happiness. It is. And I'm looking forward to playing that. Literally my most anticipated game coming into this year. So excited to eventually play Kirby and the Forgotten Land before the end of this year. Uh, I do want to finish Stray, of course. I'm right in the middle of that game couple quick more hours of play i'll probably go for the platinum even though speedrunning is not my thing mm-hmm. i think it's a game i could probably finish in two hours or less relatively easily uh klonoa the phantom reverie series of course oh, the yeah. remakes of klonoa one and two for current generation consoles i'm about halfway through door to phantom isle the first game similar to kirby just a happy little platformer Want to finish that, um, but the more recent Assassin's Creed stuff has also kind of thrown a wrench into those plans. And then uh, KO, the Kangaroo. Oh. Kind of a reimagining reboot for that 3D platforming series came out earlier this year uh, for current generation consoles that I also want to finish. I got about halfway through that and again put that down in favor for 
or in favor of, I believe, AC Odyssey at the time. That was when it, that was when everything with the raccoons was in full swing. Okay, so you're hopping from one comfort food with Assassin's Creed to another with uh, platformers. Yeah, pretty I mean, much. They're just th- these were some hotly anticipated 3D platformers coming out this year. Even though Klonoa is more two and a half D, but Kirby, Klonoa, Ko, like I really wanted or was I was excited to play these games, but I just wasn't in the headspace to yeah. play them. So want to polish those off, and then I have some October spooky season stuff that are games that I really have been wanting to play for years, but have not gotten around to. And I think all three of these are games that would be good for you and I to sit side by side and play. Yeah, I'm definitely down. The first of which is Outlast 2. Yes. I feel like we have to. We have to. Because yeah. we, we really enjoyed the first one. I feel like this is another game that probably is anywhere from the three, three to, to five, five hour time frame. Yeah. Perfect little spooky season beat. And then Resident Evil Village. So this fall, not only are we getting DLC for the eighth game in the mainline Resident Evil series, but we're also getting a third person mode. Okay. And I think replaying the game in third person would be a lot of fun so i think it'd be inter- exciting or interesting for you to play that game you might have to take a back seat to that one because you haven't seen seven yet i kind of know what happened in seven just from you talking about it yeah um so we could probably jump to uh, the big woman and village yeah yeah so want to play village again for sure in that third person mode and see what that dlc is all about and then silent hill 2 Never played a Silent Hill 2. Or I've never played a Silent Hill game. I've heard 2 and 3 maybe the best in the series. I'm a little unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. But I know nothing about Silent Hill outside of playing a jam pack demo disc demo version of either Silent Hill 2 or 3. Whichever one you're in the carnival and there's like little bunny pink bunny suits with their heads cut off. Scared okay. the hell out of me. <laughs> as a kid but all i really remember is playing the heck out of war of the monsters on that same demo disc but i really would like to play through silent hill and i feel like that would make for some good conversation for the podcast yeah for you i would I. also like to add fear to that at least one of the probably the first fear oh yeah because i want to play through those i did snag that trilogy on the ps3 a couple weeks ago yeah is it, is it the first one that's on the pl- or on mm-hmm. the thing and then the other two you bought mm-hmm. okay yeah so so yeah, those are kind of some of the backlog beats. Um, I'm sure there's other games that I'm not thinking about, but just kind of perusing my library, games that were top of mind, games that I've purchased to this point this year, that I'm like, man, I gotta give Kirby his due time Yeah. in the Forgotten Land. I gotta get back to my boy Klonoa. Yeah, I have a few other ones that I kind of want to get back to as well. Mm-hmm. I can just run through. Um, I guess for... Besides what I've mentioned before, the the sun breaks, the galaxies. I want to finish out Demon Souls. Oh, remake, yeah, yeah. I, I'm on the final boss. I just you beat it before I beat it, and I got it at launch. Um, and then Ori Will of the Wisps. This is the second one. Yeah, the second one. Yeah. I got maybe three fourths. Like I think I have like one more of the main things left. Um, it was just I don't know if I burnt out because I played them back to back. Or it was like this darkness area that I had gone the wrong direction and kind of screwed myself over. So, Yeah, because The Blind Forest was one of your favorite games last year, right? Yeah, I think it was like top two or three. Yeah. Yeah. 
And this one was up there too. I just want to be able to talk about it mm-hmm. and I mean finish that out. Um, it's a fantastic game. Definitely more RPG than the first one, um, where you can kind of make builds. Um, but yeah, those are kind of the two other ones. That's a notable omission for me. I I have not played the Ori games yet. I mean, those would. I mean, if you're on the platformer kick, those would be. It's not going to be Klonoa level. Let's jump on this, get a coin, and fling around or whatever that one level you showed me. Yeah. The, I mean, this, these are more difficult. Yeah, um, a little challenging. But, um, but yeah, the we'll music see. is We'll see. I, I just There's so many games coming out the remainder of the year, um, which is a surprise because I feel like about a month and a half, two months ago, the back half of the year was kind of shaping up to be a little sparse. Mm-hmm. And with some more recent confirmed dates, again, anything can get delayed at any point. There's a lot coming out that I'm pretty excited about that I don't know if I'm going to have much more room to squeeze in something like Ori, but you never know. Yeah. You never know. What, what do you have do, if we want to get into the new releases that we're looking forward to? Yeah, we can definitely do that. One thing I want to get into, though, I have a category of games that are new releases coming the remainder of the year that I'm interested in, but I'm not buying. That's pretty much all of mine because mine are all dependent on time. Of just with my other releases. Okay, so. so let me go through this list. I'm sure some of mine are on yours. Yeah. Um, the first of which just came out yesterday, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Yeah. Um, loved my time with Definitive Edition. I've yet to beat Definitive Edition, unfortunately. I just got to a point where just got wrecked on a boss. Probably me not understanding the, the nuances of the combat well enough or whatever because I suck at games or whatever. Um, but I'd really like to go back and polish that off and eventually play Xenoblade Chronicles 2, mm-hmm. I know I'm never going to finish Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I I just don't think I could commit to that, 150. That combat system is very different than probably what you're into. So that might be... Yeah, but just the world in Xenoblade Chronicles and the music and story, characters, everything. Like Even if I play that game for 50 to 60 hours, get halfway or even a third of the way through it and put it down, I'm okay with that. I just I want to experience some of that story mm-hmm. before I consider buying Xenoblade Chronicles three. Okay, um, but I am interested in playing it at some point, and it got incredible reviews. I mean, I think in Metacritic it's sitting at like an eighty nine or ninety. Wow. Um, and and all the reviewers said, "Well worth the hundred and forty hours it takes to play through the story." <laughs> and I'm just thinking. Man, I don't know about that. What three Assassin's Creed that you could beat? (laughs) That's uh, that's playing through The Witcher three twice, and I just wow. Here's the thing about games like that: even The Witcher three, when it ended, it wasn't that I didn't want Geralt's story to continue beyond those eighty eighty five hours I played. I was just ready for the game to end personally. Like, I want to move on to something else now. Yeah. It's not that you're not telling a compelling story, CD Projekt Red, or the combat isn't continuing to be fun 80 hours in. But, like, I'm just ready to move on to the next game. And I feel like with Xenoblade Chronicles 1 that I was playing on the Switch, after the 65 hours I put into it, I was like, I've loved everything up until this point, and I like the story that they're telling. But personally, I'm just ready for it to end. You're kind of at the peak of the bell curve. Right? Yeah. Anything further will diminish the overall quality. And I know there's other people that put 200 hours into Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. I no. just I just don't have the interest in playing a single game like that. 
Um, maybe something like a Witcher 3 I could put 200 hours into, but it'd be difficult for me to see the credits in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and 3. Yeah, I feel like. No, I completely agree. And it would be diminishing returns that I feel like I would like it less if I forced myself to put that amount of time into it. I can't remember how many hours I put into 2. It was probably 30 plus um, that I put into the second one. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because I remember um, when you were talking about it way back when, that was like first 20 episodes of the podcast. Yeah, I think it was one of the first ones I got when I got a Switch. Because I think Xenoblade Chronicles 2 rounded out the first year of the Switch being out, maybe the second year in 2018. Yeah, because it was still at Walmart when I when I got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but all that aside, passing on Xenoblade Chronicles 3 for now, the only worry there, I feel like Xenoblade has hit the mainstream enough now where it's not going to be difficult to find a copy either on Amazon or a retail outlet like Target or Best Buy in the future. Yeah. But I might get a little bit of FOMO towards the end of this year and just snag a copy because I don't want to have to pay $100 for a copy Mm -hmm. two years from now. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'd want to go through one a little bit more than I before I would consider probably going to the third one. I think you'd love the first game. Yeah, I mean, I went, I can't remember how many. I went through a few chapters, mm-hmm. um, not obviously as far as you did. Um, well, I loved it so much. Earlier this week, I was watching a good friend of the show, Devil May Pie DMP. Check his YouTube channel out. He does some fantastic reviews. And th- hilarious. That are just hilarious. And he just wrapped up Xenoblade Chronicles Defini- Definitive Edition on Switch in t- anticipation of the third game. And I thought, you know what? It makes no sense for me to do it this way, but I'm crazy. I'm literally playing the Assassin's Creed games in reverse order. Um, I ended up getting Xenoblade on the 3DS. Okay. And of course, graphically, quality of life, there's probably going to be a lot of things that are not in that game that I was accustomed to playing Definitive Edition on Mm -hmm. Switch. But I thought, you know what? Even if I boot that game up and play it for 20 hours and just wander around Colony 9 and do a bunch of side quests and I'm just treated to that delightful soundtrack for a while, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think I'd be game. I'm okay with that. You. So anyways, the next game on my list, Ryan, I think we can probably agree on this one. Last of Us Part 1 Remake. Yeah, you weren't really selling it earlier on, so that might take this off my list, but I have that coming out, what, September 2nd? Yeah, um, yeah. We'll see on that one. The reason why I want to play it and get it so badly is because I want Lauren to experience the story. Mm. And I was really looking forward to playing one and two kind of back to back with her either in October or even in September because there's not much else coming out in September that I want to get. I feel like I'm going to eat my words and probably still end up picking that up in September. But right now I don't have it pre-ordered. I don't plan on pre-ordering it. I think what might push me over the edge is if reviews come out and people say the gameplay is actually a lot better than what people were shaping it out to be. Yeah. Or talking it up to be. Yeah, I think I'm probably in the same boat as well. Um, but yeah, more than anything, like I don't I don't need to play through The Last of Us 1 story again anytime soon. But if Lauren gets to experience it for the first time and I can... It's, it's always fun, like, right, if you have a favorite movie or a favorite game, you don't always need to watch it again for yourself, but watching it for the sake of a friend, uh, a significant other, or family member and watching their reaction to that yeah. thing that you care about, 
Yeah, I mean that's why I do watch you watch like react shows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I watch react videos like I'm watching two people watch through uh, Full Metal Alchemist again. It's like I love this thing, so watching other people get joy from it is yeah. Brings great. you a lot of happiness. Yeah. Too, for sure. Like I'm glad other people are liking it too and then you get to kind of re-experience. Exactly, for sure. So Last was part one, a little bit on the back burner for you right now. Yeah, same. I don't want to really shovel that $75 out for that right now. But um, next one on my list, kind of out of left field, I I have the Game Informer 2022 release calendar for games up. And I remember this being showcased during a state of play or maybe Summer Games Fest, some showcase a couple months back. Valkyrie Profile Lenith is coming out September 29th. As far as I know... Chronos Correction Corner. Send us an email or hit us up on Discord if I get it wrong. I believe Lenith was a PSP port of the first Valkyrie profile, which maybe came out on the PS1 in North America in 2000. Okay. I think this is like a remaster of that PSP port of a PS1 game. Jesus. You, you staying with yeah, me? Here? Yeah, sure. It yeah. was played on a PS something. Exactly. At one point. Exactly. Um, but this looks like a action RPG um, really up my alley. Mm-hmm. With the number of JRPGs that I have in my backlog right now, the chances of me picking up this day one are virtually impossible. But something that I have my eye on in the future for maybe picking up for cheap. Okay. Um, next one on my list, a new release I'm excited about but not going to buy day one is because I haven't finished the first game. And that's Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope. This is coming out October 20th. For folks that did not play the first Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, it's kind of a tactical um, grid-based RPG similar to your Fire Emblems um, where you play as a Mario cast of characters. You're Mario, Luigi, and Peach, and you team up with those wacky little Rabbids from Ubisoft and you you take on a bunch of enemies. Yeah, it looks like a fun game. I watched some gameplay. Is it worth playing the first one? Do you like Grant Kirkhope, Ryan? I might have heard one or two of his songs, and I might have enjoyed them at one point. Yeah, well, so he composed the soundtrack to the first game. I think he's back to compose the soundtrack for the second game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But I think it's just, if Fire Emblem and the story and all the lore that goes into those games, and oftentimes the 50 to 60 hours it takes to complete them isn't your thing... Yeah, because, I mean, I tried to get into tactical with uh, Triangle Strategy. And yeah. Th- I mean, that was very difficult. And I don't see a Mario Rabbids. Maybe it's like a good, lukewarm, easier way into the deep end of tactical R- like RPGs. I think it is. Mario. It yeah. is. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, if, if, if that other, you know, wall is too high to climb, I think this yeah. is a nice introduction to that type of genre. Okay, I might borrow that then. Yeah, no, I have it. You can definitely um, snag it if you like. So yeah, Mario Rabbit Sparks a Hope. This is a hotly anticipated title. I'm sure it'll review well um, because the first one was kind of just like a cult hit. I don't think people really thought it would ever be a good idea or mashup, but um, it reviewed it well worked. and I think it sold well. Yeah. Warranted a sequel. Um, the next one I have on my list, again, sort of interested in this. We made, made a joke about it earlier in the podcast. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, of course, the next generation of Pokemon Coming to Switch November 18th. Ryan, are you picking this up? I am not, no. I think this is maybe the second game in a row that I haven't gotten in the Pokemon series. Arceus being the other one. 
Um, I did pick up Diamond and Pearl, that generation of games, but I don't know. I think Sword and Shield let me down so much that until they change the formula or get within this generation, this decade worth of like quality of life type stuff, voice for- acting, people, NPCs that actually move. Yeah, I mean the the world is so dead, and not for like the lack of now Pokemon are in the overworld, but like they don't feel like lived in worlds Mm -hmm. as much as like it's flashier now or it's in 3d it's just they need to improve they have the money Mm -hmm. i i don't care if your development time is tied to the cartoons like release schedule it's do better and then i i just can't reward them with my money to encourage this kind of bullshit yeah no i i get it um i feel like i'm talking to a child who i'm like trying to teach a lesson almost like yeah yeah well and and with this for the first time in a while for pokemon and arceus being another example i just didn't feel any kind of impulse or compulsion to be a part of the day one conversation like i just didn't care yeah no i didn't either and i feel like with this like i watched um our good buddy pete door we had him on the podcast a couple episodes back i watched him stream arceus for five to ten hours and yeah, I, I, well. I lived vicariously through him and I, it did not in any way push me to say i need the controller in my hands i need to play this game too i was like you know what i can enjoy this from afar mm-hmm. and he's also really excited for violet and scarlet and i feel like similarly i can just watch a streamer play this game for five to ten hours and maybe i'll be surprised and say you know what there's something there that i'm missing out on and i want to play it and i'll get it but i too got uh, brilliant diamond and shining pearl i got a copy for my wife i got a copy for myself um, i've talked about many moons ago why pokemon platinum is a very special game for me on the original ds yeah. of course part of that diamond and pearl generation and i just could not get myself to play diamond and pearl remake yeah it was a slog to get it through. was hard um, um but the problem is like with that i love that stuff of not the chibis i guess but like the top down the old school the old school like and that's when you didn't need the voice acting and it held up really well like blue red silver gold i mean i played ruby till it was dead um yeah it's just when they translated it to 3d the worlds became so much lack it showed the difference it's between the 2D and the 3D. Well, I know that's we, when the change really switched. And I know we've talked about this before in the show. I do wonder if Pokemon just isn't for us anymore. And I really want to test that theory when I get that dock for the analog pocket and play through you know, my copy of Gold or Silver or play through Fire Red. I think Fire Red will be a fun kind of test of that theory. Like, do I just not like this grind, this gameplay loop anymore? For me, I know it's not. I mean, when they force you to use XP share... Like, I think that was in Diamond and Pearl. Like, it ruins the replayability so much. Like, with the old games, you can challenge run. Like, a Pikachu-only blue version. It's possible. Like, but now, you have, you're forced to level their way. Mm-hmm. And the versatility of those games have gone down so much for the accessibility option, which they're going for. And maybe they're tailoring it to, like, five-year-olds. But... I don't know. I can hear folks. Give me me the option to play how I want to play because it was there previously in your old game. So it's not like a new concept. And then if people want to toggle the XP share, let them do that. 
I can hear folks screaming at their car radio as this podcast comes through there. Come at me, bro. Yeah. I've played 2,000 hours plus of Pokemon. Yeah. Um, we've talked Pokemon to death in this podcast. Yes. We do not continue. We don't need to continue to hit that drum. Uh, next up, I have on my list, interested, not planning to buy, but I will probably end up getting for my wife because she's very big into this genre. Harvest Stella. Okay. This was shown during a Nintendo Direct, I believe, maybe an indie world showcase a couple months back. I believe Square Enix is either publishing or developing. It just looks like another Rune Factory, Harvest Moon type of game with a fun twist. These types of games, Lauren just eats up. I haven't really been able to get into a Rune Factory, Harvest Moon, Farming Sim with a, an action RPG twist. Yeah. But this game just seemed to have some type of ingredient that I was more interested in than I had been before. You'll have to take a look. I mean, I, yeah, I haven't gotten into any of those. I loved Farmville, but that's a totally different beast. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, similar concept of just farming and making your patches efficient and then decking out your farm. Mm-hmm. I could definitely go for some Gosh, of that. Gosh, Farmville takes me back. Right? I had a villa because my thing – I had multiple villas, which was like $1.5 each because my – map was so efficient that seems really unlike you to have something like that efficient farming maxing out profitability of my crops no i i would never wow <laughs> yeah that's that's unlike you you've changed i have yeah really grown up in yeah. the last 10 years yeah for sure um so that's my list of new releases not buying but interested in okay again i might be swayed one way or the other i think last of us part one and pokemon violet would probably be the ones i might end up getting swayed and end up purchasing for the end of the year yeah but uh we'll see yeah i think pokemon for me is probably one that we'll see what else is on the docket by the time we get to november yeah well i have four other new releases that i'm absolutely gonna buy for the remainder of the year and then i thought you know you can obviously share yours too Uh, yeah i think we probably have some crossover and then we can kind of go through the game informer list and just see do we miss anything anything we want to double click into into and kind of look at and see oh yeah i forgot about that game okay that's that's um well do you want to kind of kick things off and and share the first game you're yeah my first one is september 27th we have tunic for ps5 me too um that game looked fantastic i think it was xbox exclusive right for the first six months or so yep Yep. um i Blink really liked that one. I think when it first came out and he finished it, it was his game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And this one, I mean, it's a. I never got into the Zelda remake for the Switch, um, but I could definitely go for this type of game. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Plus, it's just adorable looking. A little fox guy running around. It is. And I I, am not a huge fan of those earlier legend of zelda games link between worlds on the 3ds being the biggest example of a a, you know a top down going through dungeons heavy on the puzzle solving that i fell in love with that was my 2013 game of the year whenever link between worlds came out it was just phenomenal um but i'm I'm normally not into that type of yeah this would be my first one in this genre and but tunic just looks it just looks so special yeah. So no, I, I'm really excited to play that one. When I saw that that was gonna uh be on the schedule for September, I was pretty pumped. Yeah, so for those that are not aware of what Tunic is, you it's a top down adventure game, very similar to your earlier Legend of Zelda games. You play as this fox, you're going through dungeons, you're getting swords, shields, bows and arrows, things like that, solving puzzles, 
very much Zelda-inspired game, but you play as a beautiful little fox. Yes. So, um, looking forward to that as well, September 27th. Yep. Yeah, my next one is October. So, do you have anything coming up before then? I have two. Okay. Yeah, so coming August 26th is Pac-Man World Repack. I never played the Pac-Man World games. I think they were very popular on the GameCube Way back, there was a Nintendo Direct that kind of debuted that this little remake was coming. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't know, I mean, you play as Pac-Man. It looks very much like a Klonoa, Kirby Crystal Shards, kind of 2.5D, 3D platformer, yeah. which you know is my jam. It's and if jam. this comes in at like a $30 to $40 price tag, I'll probably pick this up for PS5. Okay. So Yeah, I, I, I was at another friend's house back in the day, and he was playing this uh, th- those games and they look like a lot of fun. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to Pac-Man World again. You just can't beat those two and a half D platformers. Yeah, so that'll Definitely. be fine. Uh, what's next on your list? I have it's coming out October 25th, which is Gotham Knights. Oh, did I thought this got punted to 2023? Did it? It was on the list that you had pulled up previously. Yeah. Um. So it might have. Maybe um, if not, then I'll be getting it. Maybe it was planning to come out in the summer and then it ended up getting pushed October. I can't remember. Yeah. Well, if it's still coming out in October, um, this looked like a lot of fun. Just yeah. the, I think there's like three or four different kind of Batman-esque guys with different variations on how they they play. Third person kind of action RPG type of deal. Yeah. Wandering around Gotham, doing a bunch yeah, of missions. Yeah, and I've never played a Batman game. I know I need a... That's Dude, probably a sin of fuck? not doing <laughs> Arkham City or Arkham Knights or Arkham Asylum. Dude, you got to play Arkham Asylum I at do. the very least. Yeah. Oh my gosh! One of my favorite games in the Xbox 360 era. Is that on the PlayStation Plus? Are those? It is. It is. It's one of the class. It's part of the classics catalog. Okay. Um, Return to Arkham, I think, is the set with both Asylum and City. Dude, you gotta play Asylum. Asylum. Okay, I'll, I'll write that. Down. Mark Hamill as the Joker. Kevin Conroy voices the Batman. Oh, it's so good. So good. Yeah, I might have to add that to my list of games to beat this year. Well, next up on my list isn't necessarily a new release. It's a PS5 next generation patch for both Xbox and PlayStation, and that's Biomutant. Mm, This is that game by THQ Nordic that I feel like was in development for like 10 years, kind of like a two human type of game where there was so much hype surrounding its development that it was just going to blow people, blow people's minds, be this next generation showcase for open worlds and what you could do with an open world and, you know, creating your own character. You kind of play as this rat mouse looking thing. You kind of build out your character and you kind of mix between these kind of, um, yeah, yeah, I think you get like to choose between seven different factions and then kind of build out the world i think it was supposed to release back in 2018 there's a good documentary on this game kind of the development where it went wrong because it came out to very mixed reviews yeah and i feel like the combat and shooting mechanics and stuff kind of seems to be a little ratchet and clank jack and daxter inspired but yeah you're running around this open world similar to your far cry games it does have like various bases um of warring, as you were saying, factions, other tribes that you kind of have to take down. And the interesting element of it, too, is it's all narrated by this, like, David Attenborough-type person. So the storytelling is told through this, like, English person that all the movements that you make, all the actions that you take and and people that you fight 
this person's kind of behind the scenes narrating everything that's going on, which I feel like for a 15 to 20 hour game is either going to be really annoying yeah, or it's going to add an element of humor to the whole thing. I heard it's pretty annoying, but uh, an interesting fact about this game on how they developed it, which is kind of part of why it had mixed reviews is their approach was like, here's what we want to do. Add something to it. So they'd have like one person would think I want to try this and they develop it over a week. And at the end of the week, they would nix it or play through it with the team. And just it was a bunch of people throwing random shit at the wall. And then it became this game. I've played it for about an hour or two, and I can definitely see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It, it's a weird game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but, but I'd recommend it. for If you like, this to me screams like Ubisoft open world. So yeah. if you're into that kind of Far Cry Assassin's Creed gameplay loop, I'm not really into that kind of stuff. Um, check out Biomutant. Okay. <laughs> we really sold that one. <laughs> well, I was joking because I've played like 14 Assassin's Creed games this uh, year. Yeah. So I'm really into the Ubisoft open world gameplay loop. Oh, I know. But um, yeah. Biomutant, again, that next generation patch comes September 6th. Check out if that's your thing. You can get copies for stupid cheap now. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, they're apparently Anthem, if you remember that game. It's yeah. Like, yeah. That's going for one penny at some GameStops. Like nice. they, and I heard a story. It was, it was going for a penny. It was on Young Yeah that was reporting on it this week. And the person was searching through their purse to find a penny. And the cashier was like, here's a penny from the tip jar. Just take the game. <laughs> wow. It's just, they ha- they can't get rid of it. What a sad story for Bioware. What a sad story for those developers. Yeah. I I freaking, it looked like such a promising game, mm-hmm. but never delivered. Never delivered. Just play, just play Avengers. You can get that experience as playing Iron Man. Yeah, that's another one I need to play. Dude, that that is a really fun game. Another kind of sad story in terms of it kind of bombed. Yeah. Um, and then they changed the character, like Big Hand Girl, Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. um, kind of her origin story in the new release on Disney+. Plus. I, I had a really good time with uh, Marvel's Avengers. It was fun. Yeah. You got that for me for my birthday, right? I did. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you've opened it. So. Oh, it's it's opened. So shows, shows how much you appreciate your gifts. <laughs> I'm a good brother. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> What's next on your list? Um, the next one is um, October 28th, which is Resident Evil uh, Reverse. Okay, so that's the... Four and some other ones, I think, right? I think Reverse is the DLC for Village. Okay. There's another one coming out, Resident Evil, I think, is the remake for four. That comes out next March. Well, then shit. All right, never I, mind. I, I was March- thinking Reverse was the one for the remakes. The yeah. Um Keep talking. I'm going to okay. pull this up. Yeah, I think to call myself a gamer, I need to eventually play Resident Evil 4, which is... Oh, no, this, this is Leon Resident Kennedy. Evil. I don't know what this is. Oh, it's mm-hmm. like a PvP Resident Evil game. Okay, yeah, I'm not going to get that then. That does not sound like I'm your gonna, cup of tea. That doesn't... Uh, Nix that one. Not yeah. be getting reverse, but I, I do plan on getting the fourth one uh, when they remake that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm check it off my backlog yeah or require required plays to be considered a gamer well the next one i'll talk about i didn't this was not on my list but now that i'm looking at that game informer release calendar i never got into the original overwatch and i've never the last competitive shooter i really got into was either uncharted 3 on playstation 3 
I played a lot of multiplayer in that. Or beyond that, we're dating back to like Halos, Black Ops, Halo Three, um, World at War, Call of Duty type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you liked Siege. You played Siege a lot, or was that just? No, I was really. I played a little bit of Rainbow Six Siege. I was so disappointed that that game became what it became. And I know it's one of the most successful games as a service over the past however many years. But dude, I would do anything, and I mean just about anything. If Ubisoft went back to Rainbow Six Vegas, oh my word, Rainbow Six 1 and 2, Terrorist Hunt, playing through that campaign cooperatively online with three other people, I put at least a thousand hours between those two games. Wow. I remember my buddy Nick and I one night, we were playing uh, Rainbow Six 2 on one of our favorite maps, Terrorist Hunt. And we got hooked up with this other guy from Amsterdam that was blazed out of his mind. And we just played Resident Evil, or not Resident Evil, Rainbow Six Vegas 2, Terrorist Hunt with him until the wee hours of the morning. One of my favorite experiences playing Xbox Live back in the day on 360. Dude, bring back Rainbow Six Vegas. Yeah. No. So you're going to get Overwatch 2 is what you're saying? I would like to. I, I don't know if that's... A free to play if you have to pay seventy dollars. I don't know, but if we can squad up with some Otaku Brothers people, that could be a good time. That'd be fun. Yeah, just like Halo Knights. And I feel like again, there's no way I could play Overwatch today. And I feel like maybe even playing Overwatch two day one, there's just going to be a bunch of OG Overwatch snobs. That's playing. like walking into Fortnite now. You're yeah. like ten years too late. Yeah. 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 So maybe they're gonna structure the on or the the servers in a way where. You can be paired up with a bunch of noobs like me. Yeah, maybe it's your ranking dictates who you play with. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But all I'm saying is I saw Overwatch 2 here. Kind of catches my eye. Might be fun. Yeah, I'm game to try anything once. Yeah. Yeah. Are you though? Yeah. <laughs> I might need to reel that back. <laughs> There's a few things I don't want to try once, but yeah. Overwatch is not, I think, is one of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> anything else on your list, Ryan? Uh, I just have the one, the big one for the end of the year coming in November. So before we get to that, I'm looking through the rest of October here. Another game that I probably should have included on my interested but not buying is Bayonetta 3. Mm. I got through about halfway through the first Bayonetta on Xbox 360. Again, a glaring omission in my backlog. Have not finished it. Uh, Not too long ago, there was a Vanquish, another hidden gem from the PS3 360 era. And Bayonetta, the OG duo pack, on sale on PSN for like 10 bucks. Mm. So I'd really like to play the first Bayonetta, eventually two, and I'll get to three when I'm like 400 years old. But um, I am interested because those games are just so over the top and wacky. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd be willing to try that. I probably won't buy that day one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never really played a Bayonetta game. I've only played her on Smash, which is totally different. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they do look like an really over the top type gameplay. Yeah, um, trying to look at any other things here that we want to mention. I'm not really seeing a whole lot, Ryan. But this is a great opportunity for the listeners to come in, post in the Discord. Let us know what are some of the other games that you're excited about coming the remainder of the year that maybe Ryan and I didn't talk about. Splatoon three, as I look at this list, coming September 9th. The little squad based fun shooter where you're shooting paint all over the place never really gotten into the splatoon series but i've never given it a fair shot either so yeah what what is that september 13th coming to switch is 
8? Is that Final Fantasy 8 coming to Switch? No, there's some random game called 13. Okay. Never mind that. It's a first-person shooter. Um, but yeah, no, Splatoon, Splatoon 3, I know there are some Splatoon stands out there. I am not one of them. Um, it just doesn't really seem like my thing, but you never know. Maybe I'd love it. But Ryan, let's get into the November release that I think most of the world wasn't really sure if it was going to squeak in. God of War Ragnarok. Yeah. No, I I still don't even... Do we have it confirmed like it's 100% they're going to... I mean, nothing's 100%, but November 9th is the date that they locked in. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I love the first one. I binged it in a weekend. I'll probably end up doing the same thing. Um, work adjusted on a Friday and just pound it out. Mm-hmm. Um Great story for number one. You finally got around to playing it this yeah, year. Last year. Th- last year. Um, and are you going to make the same mistake of we're waiting a couple years? Or are you going to join in? No, because I don't think the the reveal and some of the crazier moments in the first game, of course, I'm speaking of the 2018 God of War game, hit as hard as they probably could have. Yeah. If I binged it and no lifed it like you did opening weekend. And I feel like I owe it to Santa Monica to doing that with god of war ragnarok no lifing it the weekend it comes out because whatever reveals there's gonna be and i know there's There's probably gonna gonna be be some some like mind-boggling reveals i want those to be fresh not spoiled so i will probably play that okay good yeah then we will have a lot to talk about on that spoiler cast yeah for sure um and then outside of that let's see if there's anything coming december oh there is the callisto protocol the dead space developers Oh, yeah, that really scary one. That's coming December 2nd. That might be a fun end-of-year game for us to play. Yeah, no, I'd be down to play that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of a wrap again. We're, we're in July. You never know when there's going to be a state of play or a random Xbox showcase or another Nintendo Direct where we get a confirmed announcement for, like, a Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess coming to Switch or, you know, Metroid Prime Trilogy coming to Switch or... Some other smattering of games that might complicate things that we plan to play. That's what happens. But can you really complain about more great video games coming out? No. Like Britney Spears said, one of the greatest quotes of all time, give me, give me more, give me more, give me more. That's right. That's right. What a scholar she was back then. (laughs) Yes, she was. Wise beyond her ears, for sure. Um, Yeah. So lots of great games coming out. As I said, get in the Discord right in to Otaku Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. We have two really exciting episodes coming down the pipeline, one of them coming next week. A big blowout discussion about remasters and game remakes. What are some remakes that you think are worthy of the remake mm-hmm. coming to next generation consoles? You want to see Jack and Daxter remade like just like me? Write in. Tell me about it. Definitely get in to the discussion. We want to hear from the listeners for that episode, but maybe even more so. A couple weeks down the road, you have some time. What are the top five original Game Boy games that you want to take to a desert island? Okay? All right. We want to hear from you. Write in. Once again, get in the Discord. Links in the show notes if you're not there. Or otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. You can find all of that in the show notes as well, as we come to the tail end of the episode, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate everyone that tunes into the show. Hopefully you found it entertaining. Maybe you laughed once or twice. But as we come to the end of every single episode, I have to turn it back to my co-host, Ryan. Any parting words or fun facts for our listeners this week? Uh, just a promotion. Head over to Puckerbutt 
and get yourself some spicy food. That's right. Puckerbutt.com slash Otaku Brothers. <laughs> no, no, probably don't want to do that one. <laughs> Puckerbutt Pepper Company. Puckerbutt.com. We'll send you elsewhere. Uh, slash Otaku Brothers and get 10% off your next order. Yeah. 10% off your pucker butt. Yeah, that's right. No, please, God, do not do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Do not do that. Be careful. It's like back in middle school where they're like, go to penisland.com. Yeah, exactly. The- yeah. Exactly. Do not make that mistake, my friends. But thank you once again, everyone, for listening. Like I said, Ryan, I have some exciting episodes coming in the next few weeks, so stay tuned for those. Keep playing those great video games out there. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you soon. See ya.